0: Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Playbridge Podcast. This is your host, Ruffin. This week, we're chatting with Marae Tefan. She's the co-founder of Viboo, an at-home health and wellness tracking startup that helps you monitor your hydration, magnesium, vitamin C, and more. Since launch in 2017, Marae and her team have scaled to 50,000 users in over 100 different countries. And they've attracted over $7 million in venture capital funding from Techstars and Draper Associates. So excited to share this week's episode with you guys. So let's get started. Hi, Mariah. Welcome to the show. So excited to meet you today and learn a little bit more about your story. How are you doing today? Where are you calling in from? I'm great.
1: Thank you so much, Raffin. Uh I'm calling from Europe. At the moment so it's pretty late in the year but i'm feeling energetic
0: well thank you so much again for fitting this in to your day so i like to start off every interview by understanding your career story um before launching Mm -hmm. your business so i saw that you studied bioengineering in undergrad and then epigenetics and nutrigenetics at stanford if i said (laughs) that correctly Um, First, can you tell us what those topics are and why you're interested in pursuing that field of study? Of course, I actually didn't study epigenetics after
1: my bioengineering degree. Um, I I can get into that later. Uh, Why did I pick bioengineering? It's so funny, but I was basically so into artificial organs. I I had this passion to build artificial organs. I had a couple of cancer stories in my family and uh, who would do that job? Bioengineers, as I, as I know. Uh, I also had so much interest in genetics. Back then, we didn't know CRISPR or anything at all, but I was into changing, you know, eye colors, you know, synthesizing molecules in the body. So that's why I picked bioengineering, which is covering a wide area of basically uh, engineering on biological organi- organisms. Um, after my studies, I, I, and during my studies, I was actually an entrepreneur, getting in and out into startups, trying to build startups, et cetera. Uh, I went to Stanford for a, a, a postgraduate program. Uh, actually, I took two programs. One was on diet and gene expressions. It was basically personal curiosity of how different type of uh, nutrients, molecules affect our uh, gene expressions. And the other one was go-to-market strategy. We had an amazing um, uh, teacher, scholar there, who was actually the first uh, marketing uh, employee of Apple. So he was actually teaching us from uh, bottom to top how to market products, how to build business models. Basically, it was like a startup course.
0: What were some of the startups that you worked on during undergrad?
1: Uh, okay, <laughs> let's, go. let's go back to... <laughs> 2001 um, so my first startup trial I would say was a basically a co-working co living space this was actually before all these you know uh, co-working spaces existing it was more more for big cities and um, busy people for them to go there rest etc it was a sharing it was a sharing model with equipped with technology etc I was really, really, really young. And I think like um, I was doing well too. I, 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 I convinced uh, the European IKEA, the competitor of IKEA to be a sponsor. We um, yeah, basically decorated the whole place, etc. It was going well until I freaked out like, oh my God, this is going so fast. And like, how, how will I, like I was one person, I didn't have any co-founders or an employee. So I was like, how will I manage all of this? And I got scared, and I said, "Okay, I need to learn first, because like I'm, I'm making a lot of mistakes. And I, how can I learn by working in a startup company?" And then I started to work for this amazing company, was basically building smart home technologies. So you can think like Google Nest, but again for Europe version. <laughs> so you, you're controlling your uh, light bulbs, your air conditioning, etc., from your smartphone. It's basically connected devices. That was where I learned the magical world world of hardware and software. You know, like getting familiar with how these things that we use every day actually works. I had time to make sales. I was in. The, I was doing B two B sales. I was doing product management. I was working with engineers. So I had the chance to basically taste everything in a startup. Uh, then uh, after that company, I decided to uh, basically pursue my. Original passion, which is um, uh, bioengineering, and
0: I got into biosensors. And is that the business 50s that you previously co founded? Is that correct? Yes, it, it was before Vivo. Uh,
1: it was a mobile diagnostic company uh, for infectious diseases.
0: So I read that when you were building that business, you wrote that you would do everything differently if you could do it all again. So, can you share your key? learning lessons from Bibosense and how you're now applying those lessons to Vivo. Of course. Um I guess the biggest challenge in that company,
1: uh even for Vivo, if I could go back, I would I would skip so many mistakes, I think. Like <laughs> that's a natural that's natural cycle of the life. But uh for that specific company it was a it's a high tech R&D company. And we were always using government grants, EU grants to fund our company. Um, some of the mistakes, uh, basically, investing so much in product development and uh, not focusing on market opportunity, the market is one of the mistakes I did. Um, we also picked a really, really um, hard area for ourselves because we were testing animals on field. So uh, I guess you have to know yourself a little bit better before you get into a business like I was going from farm to farm collecting samples after I saw so many farms and their conditions I couldn't even drink milk or eat meat for a really long time like um I guess I would I would more focus on my strengths in terms of um, talents communication skills what I like in life and build something around that rather than making myself miserable from farm to farm collecting samples and not getting anywhere
0: so the business that you're now working on is VIVO. tell us yeah. exactly what the business does and how you even came about to start this business
1: yeah so Vivu is a um, health and wellness platform that connects users with real-time data through at-home tests. Our best-selling, like most known product is a urine test, which looks like this. So what you do is you take out one of our tests and you pee on it and you wait for 90 seconds. Then you take up your Vivo app from your phone and you scan the test. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with ket- ketosis, like test keto test strips. Uh, pH tests, color changing, basically reagents we use for uh, tracking different nutrients in your body. Uh, Beauty of Vivo is, it's just like your Apple watch, uh, but rather than tracking your steps, you track your hydration level, your urinary pH, your calcium, magnesium, vitamin C intake. And all of this happens under two minutes at your home comfort, in your privacy, and after you get your results, you also get personalized recommendations about what you should be eating, like, you know, uh, what kind of better decisions you can make so your res- results can be improved. We uh, will also connects with variables for a more overall experience, comes with a lot of content. So it's a lifestyle product
0: for people who are seeking a healthier lifestyle. Can you give us maybe more of a use case or examples of like, who your typical customer is and what they're testing for and like why they keep coming back to use the viva app and product of course um our biggest audience is
1: actually women uh women who are i can say millennial like 25 to 45 the reason they come uh, it varies from customer to customer but our most popular metric is hydration Followed by uh, sodium, vitamin C, and calcium, and magnesium. It goes like that. Um, The reason they want to track these metrics is the the reason they want to track the intake or efficiency of these metrics is basically from longevity to feeling better, sleeping better, um, having a like healthier lifestyle. Uh, Because something so simple as calcium, uh, like. When you think about it you say who would like to track their calcium Uh, but people do the reason is 70 percent of americans are not getting enough calcium in their daily diet and as a result of that one in four women become osteoporosis so uh, these small nutrients For example, magnesium, from your period cramps to sleep to to your mood, over 600 enzymatic reactions in your body utilizes magnesium. Uh, The reason people want to track these metrics is to make sure they're getting enough. And if they're not, how can they get
0: it enough from different food sources? Wow. What are some foods other than like milk that can get me calcium? Because I'm sure I'm not drinking or ingesting enough calcium myself.
1: Uh, nuts and seeds? Uh, I was so surprised when I learned almond milk have, has more calcium than normal milk, like whole milk. So <laughs> you can find it from uh, nuts, nuts and seeds if you're not consuming dairy products.
0: Good to know. I love my almond milk, so I will keep, keep making sure I'm drinking that. So how did you first develop the first version of Vivo? I know you were accepted into 500 startups and tech stars. Did those accelerator programs impact the early days of Vivo? Yes, so we were we were never
1: a 500 startups, like accelerator company. We, we got investment directly from their investment mm. fund, but we were a tech stars company. We went through the whole accelerator process. Um, the first version of Vivoo was we, we got our pre-seed when, when Vivo was just an idea and the prototype was basically, so we were giving investors and customers and like potential prospects, whoever they are, urine tests that they were peeing on and they were taking a picture and emailing it to us and we were returning them their results and what we were saying, okay, we're going to build an app. And rather than like manual people reading with their eyes, the image processing algorithm will read it, uh, analyze it. Oh my God, it, it took so much, so long time to build our image processing system that we have right now, which is like super accurate, consistent, uh, compatible with almost all phone models that are supported by iOS and Android right now. But until we get there, it took a long time. Techstars uh, was a great accelerator. Um, I think the the strength of Techstars is coming from its community. Uh, The mentors, the founders, everybody's supporting each other. They have this great give first philosophy and it's a great community 500 startups uh is is, as you know such a solid accelerator and they're they're great investors and supporters till the state like when i have a problem that i think that i need a second opinion i would call our uh managing director or whatever they call him like uh, from 500 startups to get their opinion
0: incredible so Techstars is obviously very competitive to get in as a startup founder. Any advice that you would share for other female founders that might be applying for the program? I think um, it, it's, a,
1: it's a learning process. Like you have to apply a couple of times. I think I got rejected from YC like five times before. <laughs> then I said, okay, maybe I should try like other, other accelerators. Um, what I can say, it was a long time ago, but it's like seriously write your application carefully. Because uh, they really read it, um, just like sell your business like you 're selling to investors, customers to tech stars they 're pretty receptive people, and once you get the chance to meet with them, they really care about people human before business. You can keep that in mind
0: so I read that Vivo now has over fifty thousand users and over a hundred different companies, countries, excuse me, incredible. Countries. Yes, countries. What have been the most effective channels for um, acquiring new customers and how have you really grown the business? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, So in terms of our
1: application, because we work both in B2B and B2C, um, we have over 150,000 users. users. We have over 50,000 customers, which is correct in the consumer space. Um, the way we acquire customers is a is a mix of marketing and partnership. I can say so. The the focus here is obviously acquiring customer for the most affordable price, so you can make money, actually generate revenue, uh, profits. Um, for, f- in in that angle, from that perspective, partnership focused marketing is 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 the best channel for us. Uh, when it comes to growth, like when your focus is growth in acquiring a lot of customers, also digital digital marketing such as Meta, uh, Google also working efficiently for us as well. Uh, this is for consumers. For B2B, it's classic sales. Basically, we have leads and we, we go to sales calls and they purchase Vivo um, as bulk for a wholesale price.
0: So in 2020, your team raised $1.5 seed round from led by Draper and Associates. And then later you raised a $6 million Series A round led by Draper and Associates. Um, How have you approached finding the right investors for your business and just any general advice for female founders fundraising?
1: Of course, Uh, if you're fundraising right now and if you're struggling, don't be sad (laughs) because it's such a a bad market right now, as everybody knows. so fundraising is 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 challenging due to two things in my opinion first if you have money constraints if you're like actually running out of money and it doesn't go well that is super panicking and the second problem with the fundraising is the mindset like it really breaks you it really gets into your veins like your inner voice constantly says oh my god you won't be able to do it you're going to bankrupt etc um so My approach to fundraising is right now to like basically um, minimize these two things, like always raise money when you have money. (laughs) Uh, It's easier or when you don't need money. And the second is like your inner voice. Yes, it will be hating you uh, for this painful process, but you have to keep um your mood up you have to be keep like keep pushing it you have to be positive because it's such a drilling process um so yeah it's it's such a mental thing i think because it's basically a numbers game you will be talking to a 100 investors and 10 will be say maybe Two will say yes. The other other ninety guys will say no to your face without much explanation, and it, it can be hard on founders. Just don't be discouraged. Keep going. That's like if if one my my approach is if one investor says no,
0: it's okay. I'll find a better one. Maybe these were these guys weren't for us. That's that helped me. Was this your first business that you fundraised for, or did you fundraise for your prior business as well? And if not, or if so. When you were first fundraising how did you kind of learn about the process and any like resources or tips you would share Mm -hmm. in the startup that i worked for
1: uh we raised actually a couple of rounds and they were they were bigger rounds than Vivos. and because i was the first employee i was always in those conversations with investors uh for vivu for my previous businesses i've never raised money and um, raising money obviously comes with its pros and cons, um, depending on your need. For us, uh, we were trying to build a new product in a interesting market at home testing. You know, our competitors are 23Me, Apple Watch, MyFitnessPal, Viome, like products and services that are already not spread so well. So it's an, it's it's a new market a new technology, so we needed money to basically build the product, uh, the the accurate product, get the necessary certifications or spread the word. Um, Could it be done without raising money? I think anything can be done with or without raising money. It just takes maybe longer. Um, it might it might have not came to the point it it is, but yeah. I would never know at this point for Vivu. But for my previous businesses,
0: I, I was always um seeking for grants, um, technology grants rather than VC money. What do you think some of the pros and cons of raising venture money are? And I guess to that point, since you brought up the grants, same thing goes for that. What are the pros and cons of grants and how can people even access grants?
1: I love grants, <laughs> it, but you, you have to be developing a techno- technology or you have to be doing a research like f- to get, to be eligible for those grants. And we're lucky that we're, I always, I'm because I'm a bioengineer and because of, of my last two businesses is in biosensors at home testing spaces, uh, they're always... Grants ongoing for for these specific topics. Um, the way to find grants, uh, if 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 you don't know where to start, you can start with Google searching. Obviously, uh, US government has great grants. EU has depending on your eligibility. Because if you're a US based company, you have probably are eligible for multiple grants in the uh, from states. But in the Europe, there's EU funds, different other grants. Uh, Cons of grants, it takes time to write it, and also uh, you have to spend the money to get the money, majority of the time. Um, pros, you don't give a part of your company for it, <laughs> I can say, and, and it's, it's actually helping uh, R&D projects to go much smoother because uh, some of the materials we use are really expensive, but grants are covering those things. Uh, for fundraising, we see money specifically because we only raise from VCs and angels. I don't know the private equity part, but or corporate VCs we raise. Um, pros, um, I, I guess until the state, it 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 was it was it was possible. You know, like it, it is, you can go pitch your product or service or your company, and there's a market for buyers for these shares of your company. And 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 it's possible to get cash to fund fuel not even fund fuel your business. Uh cons is not every investors are like angels. Some of them are really, really tricky, challenging. Um and they would like to basically change your direction sometimes or just make comments and upset you for no reason uh, but I really like like when I look at our investor portfolio I really really love our investors we have great investors we have drapers halogen uh, Otsuka pharmaceuticals in- investors like um, One ventures uh, 500 startups texars these are great people and genuinely trying to help you grow your business so I can't complain <laughs>
0: Yes. Great time to shout out Halogen Ventures, an amazing fund focusing on female founders because they introduced us. So awesome to um, connect via them. Now I'd love to shift and talk a little bit more about your team at Vivo. When you first started the business, like who was on the team and who were some of the first like key hires or key founding members?
1: Uh, my, one of my co-founders, Gyosde. We are actually second time co-founders. The difference is, uh, George and Ali, Ali, CTO and CFO joined us at this time. I guess that's coming to the one of the mistakes I've learned from previous times. We, our first hire was basically a CTO <laughs> and a co- uh, uh, sec- second one was basically mostly our hires were in the product space at first to basically be, a, be able to build a product. We wanted to have the best tech, technical team. Obviously, we didn't have much cash, so it was like one or two hires back then when we when we first started. Uh, George was the, one of the best contributions to the team. He's he, he has built businesses before. He sold his business. On top of that, he worked in business life for a long time, so he came with a lot of business experience in terms of, Uh, finance, uh, strategy, legal, legals, so he he was also a great contributor. We also have two of the members of our previous company, the VivaSense testing company, our R&D manager and our designer. They also uh, come Uh, to Vivo. Our R&D manager basically stopped doing the complex electrochemical biosensors and focused on colorimetric sensors, which was like, oh my god, this is much more simpler. I can do this forever. And our designer, she was always so talented and she basically pivoted into designing hardware products to strips,
0: apps, etc. Always amazing to bring on people that you've worked with before. For people that you haven't worked with in the past, how do you think about hiring and any tips for women maybe looking to build out their teams?
1: Oh my God, yeah. Hiring is always so ha- hard. I guess it's, it's not a pleasant saying, but one of the best things I've heard is hire fast, hire fast. The reason behind that is, I think if it's not clicking with someone, uh, trying to give like 10, two more chances, five more chances, 10 more chances is never working Working at the end. That's what I have been experiencing in the last couple of years. And when you find a great candidate, don't overthink. Just like hire and start because you can go back and forth. Should I, should I not? Can I find someone better? And by that time, you're losing so much time. Um, but I understand hiring requires money and also make sure... Uh, because as you know everybody's doing layoffs at this time and our investors also like said reduce your team size reduce your team size they always say that so don't hire even your if your investors or people around you push around you pushes you don't hire more than you need because more employees doesn't mean a bigger a better company it's just more stress on your shoulders so try to make the smart hires
0: anything exciting coming up For you and the Vivo team in the next year or in the short term, that you'd like to share?
1: Yes, of course. Um, So, this year at CES, uh, in 2023, CES, we introduced a smart toilet and we've been working on it for a long time now. So, we're excited next year we will be launching it uh, for uh, orders. Hopefully if everything goes well. Uh, it's, it's a big RD project for us and it has so many technical electronic details. So uh, working on it has been a great, great, great adventure. Um, We're also launching some new at-home tests. I wanna keep them as a surprise, but they should be coming out soon, so you will be seeing it anyways. Um, at-home testing is 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 a really, really fascinating area. Like These small data points that you can learn yourself as a consumer and understand and take action is, I think, such an empowering concept. And in time, they will be more and more widespread. So I I hope we will be one of the companies who leads the way to everybody uh, to make it user-friendly and affordable and consistent for customers.
0: So the smart toilet, is that something that would be as an alternative to your testing strips and maybe your consumers would have them in their own homes or what do you envision that product as? Uh,
1: Based on our learnings in the last couple of years, we focused more B2B uh, for that specific product. And we will be partnering with multiple companies to distribute, but uh, we won't be targeting consumers with that product. Um, But it is technically a replacement for what we do. It's just more hands-off, like your data automatically sinks into your application rather than you take your test and pee on it. (laughs) Um, Rather than that, you're just urinating on your toilet as usual. (laughs)
0: Very, very cool. I can imagine that could be very useful in, like, doctor's offices and many places. Can you share a female founder, investor, or leader that inspires you and a little bit about why? God, it's a hard question. If it's an investor, I have
1: to name our investors. We have great investors, I think, from Halogen and Mindshift Capital, uh, like Jesse, Alexa, uh, she she, she left, but Ashley... uh, amazing women like they always inspire me from mind Heather and barbara like i i love them so much like they're so helpful they try to like they genuinely want to help what i see like I, I as the years pass i see a major difference between women and men investors as well like i'm seeing many investors are mostly Spending time like on chess games, like trying to get the most out of it and everything, which I'm not into, into those games. Like I just want to do my job. And women investors are actually genuinely trying to help you, support you, introduce you to the right people uh, with no games or intentions behind. That's why I love working, like why I love working with women. In terms of founders, and, and Wojcicki maybe? She's so cool. And, and her, her her hurdle for 13, 14 years now to widespread twenty three and me inspires me a lot. I read a lot of her interviews, and I'm seeing so many common problems. So uh, she also yeah inspires me.
0: And then finally, where can people find you, and where can people find people
1: You can find people on Amazon walmart <laughs> uh, vivu.io you can visit our website and you can find actually maybe we can give a discount for code for your audience yes please something.
0: that would be amazing
1: 30 percent discount for your beautiful podcast audience so they can try vivu for a-
0: amazing well thank you so much for joining the show and it was such a pleasure to meet you and learn more about your story building vivu thank you so much for- thank you Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Play Bridge podcast. If you enjoyed the show, make sure to rate, review, and subscribe. And for more updates, make sure to follow us on social at Bridge Club. That's at B R Y D G E C L U B. At Bridge Club on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube.